thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Before I get going tonight, I'm going to invite you to be a little kid. All right. And what I mean by that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to use your imagination with me. Okay? Some of you looking at me kind of weird. Here's what I mean. I don't want you to think that we are, we are in the frap house right now. I want you to use your imagination with me. I want you to, to not think that we are in Fresno. Uh, it's not the year 2019. I want you to imagine with me that we are in ancient Israel. We're in ancient Israel, about 2,000 years ago, okay? I'm going to invite you into a story to where I'm not, I'm not David White anymore. I'm not David White. I want you to imagine me as somebody else. I'm a little Jewish boy. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I want you to imagine that and join me in this story. Growing up, <clears throat> I just had a normal life. Uh, as a matter of fact, the first few years of, of my childhood were, were glorious. I would, I would describe them as any, any normal Jewish family would. Uh, they were perfect. You see, my, my mom, she, she was a stay-at-home mom. She stayed at home. She took care of me. She was a homemaker. We lived about a block or about five minutes away from the temple in Jerusalem. And my dad worked at the temple. You see, it was his life goal to become a a high priest, a religious leader. Some of my favorite memories, some of my earliest memories even, are, are of me and my dad. And I would just listen to him pray. Pray to a God who he said loves But I'll never forget the night that everything changed. I was about seven years old. And I was woken up. I, was, I woke up in the middle of the night to somebody weeping outside my home. And so I walked outside out of curiosity and it was found, I found my mom. My mom was on her knees crying and my dad was standing over her. See, I didn't know this at the time, being only seven, but I I soon found that the reason my mom was weeping was because my dad had slept with another woman and that he had chosen to marry her. I didn't know what to do. It seemed like moments later, it seemed like within minutes, a bunch of my dad's friends showed up at the house, all of the religious leaders in Jerusalem, and they, they grabbed my mom by the arm. And they, they dragged her away, and I didn't know what to do. I followed my mom. I looked back, back, I looked back at my dad, and he just waved to me like he was saying goodbye. As a seven-year-old, I didn't get it. We were forced to live in a nearby town. And my mom, to keep food on the table, to keep me fed, and to keep me healthy, began to work. And again, being 
young child. I didn't understand it at the time, but what she began to do was she began to sell herself. She became a prostitute so that I could be alive. By the time I was 10, I had a couple of little brothers and a sister running around and And I didn't get to go to to school and learn the Torah like everybody else, all the other kids in my neighborhood. Because whenever we walked into the marketplace, people would hide from us. They They would whisper mean things about me. One time I saw somebody spit at my baby sister. They would call me illegitimate. They would point to my mom and call her dirty. I didn't get it. I didn't get it at the time. I was 10, but I grew to hate my mom. I hated her. I grew to hate my little brothers. I grew to hate my little sister. I don't know why. I just hated them. And so by the age of 12, I I just ran away. It was my escape. And I just worked as a servant for a week over here. I worked as a, as, a, as a house cleaner over here. I worked over here. But most of the time, if I can be honest with you, I just sat on the street and I lived off of people walking by me. One time I saw my dad. I was in Jerusalem near the temple because that's where the money is. And I saw my dad in the distance and he was with his new family. I saw him look at me, but he didn't, I don't know if he didn't recognize me or if he just didn't acknowledge me, but, but he just kept walking. I grew to hate my dad. I hated God because every definition I had of family was destroyed. It was shattered. Here I am 30 years old now and and I got to tell you a story that happened last week I was doing my normal thing hanging out when I saw a group of people gathered by this house so I wandered over there partly out of curiosity and partly out of maybe there's some food and money over there and they were gathered around this this guy I couldn't see him but I heard his voice and and what was interesting was that I, I, his voice was so familiar to me. It was as if I'd heard it before. I couldn't make my way to the front. There were so many people packed into this house. I couldn't make my way to the front. So I just stood there and closed my eyes and listened. And this man spoke about a father who loved. He spoke about a God who cared I don't know how it happened but somehow I I had worked my way to the front and I remember opening my eyes and and looking and I saw the man (laughs) he was looking at me and the way he had looked at me made me feel as if he had felt every pain I'd ever went through. 
sitting next to him was a father on my friend, my dad's friend. I recognized him because he's a religious leader, and I hid my face. A couple minutes later, a man walked in and said, hey, hey, sir, your mom, your mother and your brother are waiting outside. They're looking for you. And he, he responded with this. He said, who, who are my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he looked around. He said, these are my mothers and my brothers. And when he looked at me, I had felt something I had not felt in a very long time. He said, those who do God's will are my mothers and my brothers and my sisters. I don't know if you've ever read something in the Bible that kind of made you not sit right. I read this story the other day. Just listen to this. Jesus is in this house. And he's with all these people. Most of them were religious leaders, and it goes like this. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Like his real mom and brother arrived outside. And it says that they were standing outside. They sent someone to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. And he responds by saying, Who are my mothers and my brothers? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother and brother and sister. And I read this the other day, literally Thursday morning. And I, and I, I was kind of taken back. I was like, what, why is Jesus acting all rude like that to, to his mom? I don't know if you've ever read something and it just didn't sit, it didn't make sense to you. And then I began to wonder. I, went, I began to wonder why Jesus said that. And I began to wonder this. I wonder if there was somebody in that circle who needed to hear how that guy Jesus felt about him. We've been walking through this series, my friends. We've, we've been walking through this series called Relationship Goals. And the idea behind it is that I believe that every good thing flows out of good relationships. And that's one of the reasons why I love these Tuesday nights because we will meet friends in this place. We're going to meet some mentors in this place. You may even meet a guy or a girl you might go on a date with. You might even marry somebody in this place. But that's not the reason we're here. And I just got to be straight up with everyone. We are not here for all of that. That is not why we're here. We're here for this one reason, to create a space. To simply create a space where people like you and people like me would encounter or experience the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Because I believe when that happens, I believe when that happens, things radically change. I believe that when you encounter Jesus for the very first time or maybe for the 14th time or for the 70th time, when you encounter him, you begin a relationship that has the potential to radically change your life, the lives around you, and the world. That's why we're here. There's this really um, fascinating scene 
See, in order for me to understand that story, in order for me to understand why Jesus said, oh, that ain't my mom and brothers, you're my mother and brothers. In order for me to understand that, I had to go back a couple lines. If you have a Bible or an app, uh, I'm going to jump into Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, and I'm going to start all the way at, at verse 13. I purposely did not put the, the, the words on that piece of paper tonight. And I, as, at the top, I said, hey, find a Bible app. And if you don't have a Bible app, Cross City has an app that has a Bible in the app. It's kind of cool. But anyway, I want to encourage you to find these on your own because tonight I'm going to be talking about you and God. It's Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Now remember, keeping this story in mind. These are my mothers and brothers, right? Keep that story in mind. This is what it says. Now, this is right after Jesus started his thing. He started acting all weird. <laughs> this is when Jesus got baptized. He started healing a couple people. He started forgiving people's sins and started just doing weird things. People are like, dude, who's this freak, right? This is right when he started that. It says in verse 13, it says, he went up on a mountainside. And he called those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, designating them apostles that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. And I just got to stop right there. Pretty much this is what happens. Jesus is doing his thing. He comes to this mountain. He walks up onto this mountain. He calls a few people, those he wanted to go with them, and he gives them two things. He gives them two missions. One of them is to preach. You guys see that? He says, go preach and have authority to drive out demons. Like, go do that. But the first one and the primary one and the main one is to simply be with him. Is to simply be with him. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing here tonight, but I'm going to say something really quick. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so caught up in all the stuff, all the good stuff even. I get so caught up. I get doing this. I'm doing that. I'm working over here. I'm serving here. I'm being a good person there. I'm being a good person over there. And I get so caught up that I forget and I don't know if I forget or if I just don't realize that the primary reason that I'm here is to simply be with Jesus. It's to be with God. It's interesting. It says Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. He calls to those who he wants. And there's this fundamental theme, and I want you to hear this, that that is woven through scripture that goes like this. You were created to simply be in relationship with God. And I don't want to be all Sunday school on you. because Some of you are like, I've been to Sunday school. I heard that before. I'm, I want to be very real tonight. There's a continual thread that says, I don't care what you do. I really don't care how much you have to offer. I don't care about your sacrifices. I care about your heart. I care about your heart. As a matter of fact, there's this, there's this 
these commandments. I don't know if you remember Sunday. I'm going back to Sunday school. The Ten Commandments. Commandment number one is to have no other gods before me. In other words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your everythings. <laughs> and I used to think as a kid, why does God need me to love him like that? Why, why, why does God need him? And the truth is this. God doesn't need you to love him. God doesn't need you to do anything. God wants you. God desires you. Take a look at that, that verse one more time. It says, he called to him those he wanted. The ancient Greek here is actually, actually really fascinating. That word, he called to him those he wanted, is a word, tilos. Tilos. And it simply, it doesn't only mean wanted, it means greatly desired. And so Jesus walks up on the mountain. He doesn't call everyone up there, only the ones he deeply desires. And, and there's, a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a theme here because that word is used about you. <laughs> that word is used about you. Over and over again, there's this really beautiful passage that says, dude, I don't care about anything. I don't care about your sacrifices. I care about your heart. Come to me with your love. Come to me with your love. You know, what's kind of funny is in the old days, the Old Testament, uh, people had to sacrifice animals for a couple reasons. One of them was to be clean. The other reason was to simply be in the presence of God. Like, you could not be near the temple unless you were clean. And you had to, like, kill a dove poor thing. You had to kill a little pig or you had to kill a little calf or something simply to be in the presence of God. And, and the, the truth is that's how we were created. We were created in the Garden of Eden to simply walk with God. In the Genesis, it says that God walked with Adam and Eve. We were created to simply be in relationship but we messed up, right? And so we had to make these sacrifices, but there's this really cool thought that says this. I don't want your sacrifices. In Joel, it says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. See, there's this thing, and I feel like there's some of us need to, tonight that just need to hear this, that you are deeply wanted. You are desired. It's not about what you can do. It's not about how tall you are. It's not about how cool you are. It's not about how many friends you got. It's not about how much money you have. It's about you. In Ephesians, it says that you are a masterpiece. In Luke, it says that every hair on your head is counted because you're valuable. In Deuteronomy, it says that you are a treasured, a holy and treasured people. There's something to just being you. This talks about this idea of, man, before the world was even created, you were chosen to be holy and to be blameless. Why were you chosen to be holy? Because God cannot be in the presence of anything that is not. So when he walked up the mountain, Jesus walked up. I want to give you a, a little illustration. He walked up the mountain. He chose a couple people to be with him for two things. One of them was to simply go out and tell people about me. Second thing, 
be with me. Just be with me. Some of you need to be told right now, quit. Stop it. You're messing it all up. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've been married for about seven and a half years. And there are days where I'm doing things around the house, and I forget why I'm doing them. There are days when we're doing a little project outside, we're painting a fence, or we're raking the leaves, and I'm like, why are we doing this? And, and, and the, I, had a, I had this little thought the other day. It's like simply because I, I just like, I want to be with you, honey. I want to be with my wife. There's this really cool passage in Hosea when, it's, when, when God says, when the time is right, you will no longer call me a master. You will call me your husband. In other words, even though God is God and God is the king and God is your master, you get to call him husband. It's intimate. When Jesus is sitting with his closest friends and they're like, hey, dude, teach us how to pray. He's like, hey, here's how you pray. Say like this. Our father who art in heaven, right? You guys all heard that before? Our father, he starts with our father. And the reason he says our father is because even though God is king, even though God is powerful, even though God can smash you in a second, you get to call him father. Because it says that you are sons and daughters, that you are adopted into this family. It's not about this or that, it's about simply being in relationship. See, I'm, I'm going to say something real quick. We, we talk a whole lot about these relationships right here. Whoop. Friends. Boyfriend. Girlfriend. Ex. Friend. Homie. Whatever you call them. They, we talk a whole lot about these relationships. Mentor. Uh, whatever we want to call them. We talk a whole lot about these, but none of them mean anything unless you get this one right. Okay? If you get the horizontal right... Good for you. <laughs> you might have some cool friends. You know, I had a friend who had the coolest friends. Cool for you, bro. But they mean nothing. And as a matter of fact, it means nothing to you to have this going for you. Because this means nothing unless you have the vertical going for you. See, the vertical outweighs the horizontal over and over and over again. And so I just want to come up here really quick and tell a cool story. Act a little bit. <laughs> and then say this one thing, more than anything in the world, you are wanted. More than anything in this universe, you are desired. For what? Relationship. Relationship. That's it. That's all I got. In just a minute, you know how sometimes churches go like this, hey, hey, raise your hand if you've never invited Jesus into your heart. And they do this thing, right? Yeah, dude, whoo, deuces. Sometimes they do that. That's cool and all. That's cool. Like I did that before. Invited a man and all that. I have a, I have a, I have a theory here. I believe that Jesus is already either in your heart or he's sitting right next to it. <laughs> and he's just waiting for it to open. And I'm going to say something right now. Tonight we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to do like we're going to do something like this. We're going to do this. If you desire a deeper relationship with God, for whatever reason you're here tonight, for whatever reason you've walked here, you're in this spot, you're here, I'm going to say it's for a reason. But if you're here and you are desiring a deeper relationship with God, then I have, I'm going to have something for you. 
Because even though I've been married to my beautiful wife for seven years, and that's just a little bit, there's every part of me that wants to be closer to her, to be better for her. And so I'm going to stand up here and say, I, for one, I am constantly, I get it wrong all the time, dude. It, the minute I think, oh, dude, I'm doing pretty good with my walk with, dude, I suck. I'm just going to be straight. I suck. I got to deepen my relationship. Why? Because without that, nothing else matters. There's a song. I'm going to invite Maddie and Jake up here really quick. Uh, there's a song that, uh, it's kind of an older song, and I'm, I asked them to sing it. And it's called uh, The Heart of Worship. And it kind of goes like this. It, like when the, it goes, I'm not going to sing it, but it goes, when the music fades. I'm just kidding. When the music, it goes like this. When the music fades and all is stripped away, it says, I simply come. And then it says something like this. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I don't know if you've heard this song before. This is like 90s. It says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. See, there's something kind of interesting. When Jesus walked up and he said, hey, um, I want you, 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 you to follow me. It says they literally had to go. They had to follow him. I don't know if you caught that. It says they went. Sometimes in life we simply have to go back to the heart of worship. We simply got to go back. And if I'm going to read my little, my little scene one more time, it leads to this. Jesus' mother and brother were waiting outside. They sent someone inside to call him, and a crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mom and brother are outside looking for you. Jesus said, who are my mothers and my brothers? Then he looked at those sitting in a circle with him, and he said, these are my mothers. These are my brothers. He says, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. I just kind of wonder if the reason he said that was for someone in that circle. And I'm just going to stand up here and say this right now. I wonder if there's someone in here who needs to hear that. That maybe you've been broken. We've been talking about relationships and you're like, dude, my friends suck. I got no mentors. I don't even got a girlfriend, dude. I suck. <laughs> Maybe some of you in this room have been burned by the church. I would, I would guess many more than just some of you. I'm wondering if how many of us in this room just simply need to hear, hey, Jesus is saying, you're my mother. You're my brother. You're my sister. Why? Because I invite you into relationship.